following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to Soaring Eagle Casino com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. You ready? Now, let's go to the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Studio with the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is time to begin another journey together on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show. We're heard on 19 stations. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. The Michigan fan base is going crazy. You know why? Because about 10 days ago, at this time, they were still about an hour away from kickoff. They were in the college football playoff semis. They had destroyed Ohio State, beat Purdue, back-to-back wins over Ohio State and Big Ten champions. And then they go lay an egg and have a god-awful first half. Coaching, play calling, J.J., go down the list. Defense, you name it. And then they put up a third and fourth quarter where if they played that way to begin, they would have hung 60 70 on TCU. TCU's defense was that bad. I talked about it before that game. And you saw last night. So the Michigan fans are going crazy. Georgia beats TCU 65-7. And they drop an egg in that first half in the desert. I don't know if Harbaugh was saving his plays. Remember, we said this all season against quality opponents. Hey, when you get unleash the offense... And they would do it in the second half. And it caught up to them. Oh, and what Georgia do with Stetson Bennett? Which sounds like a cross between a soap opera actor and something I'm going to spray on me before I go out on a love date. What are you wearing? I'm wearing Stetson Bennett. They run the damn quarterback. They get to the edges. You're listening to Herb Street talking about take advantage of the way TCU over pursues. And that's what Georgia did. And then it was game over. Midway second quarter. Halftime for sure. So you ask yourself, Michigan has a quarterback who's faster than Stetson Bennett. And they didn't run him on the goal line twice. They didn't have design runs until the third quarter. 
that. I'm watching that game, and it is just pissing me off. Because you saw Michigan in the second half. They could have matched Georgia, just like Ohio State did. And Ohio State should have won, right? And yet the Michigan fans, some of you, you, you live in denial. You do. You're watching that game going, well, at least we beat Ohio State. Okay, because this is where you're at. And I'm cool with it as a fan. You have a right to to set a bar, whatever you want. Michigan has beat Ohio State twice in a row. They've won back-to-back Big Ten titles. And in my mind, they were embarrassed for six of the eight quarters of the two semifinal games they played in. Embarrassed. Georgia last year and TCU first half this year. And guess what? They're preseason number two or three in these way-too-early college football polls that come out right after the last game. It happens every year. They're number two or three in the country. So while I complain, or you complain, or Michigan Nation on Twitter complains, you have a team that's back in the hunt for the college football playoff and the national championship again. So what's missing? I'll tell you what, the, the Harbaugh, Aaron, between Aaron Rodgers and Harbaugh after every season, Rodgers, I don't know if this is it. You know, Harbaugh, oh, I'm, I'm going to do a virtual interview with the Broncos when he, you know, February 5th, 2022 said, hey, this won't be a recurring thing. I got the quote. I'll read it later. I mean, I'm just tired of it. You're, you're Harbaugh. Say you're going or not going. You know, players are coming back. He did a virtual interview, so I keep saying I think he's staying. I do. Blake Corum, you don't think Blake Corum would sit down with Harbaugh and say, are you coming back? If you are, I'm coming back, right? And some other guys have declared for the draft. So you get Morris, you get Mozzie Smith, the Wolverine.com's been all over it. I think this constant daily headlines isn't good for Michigan football, and it wasn't good last year for recruiting. But look at the season they had. So all of us experts are saying, oh, my God, the program's going to be in disarray. We said that last February. All the recruiting services said it. And what they do? They went undefeated, beat Ohio State, killed them in Columbus. Won another Big Ten title. Yeah, they had a god-awful half that cost them a shot at Georgia. I don't know if they would have beat Georgia last night, but I'm telling you, that wouldn't have been 65-7. to Georgia called up their freshman team. They were at a calf roping exhibition in Scottsdale, and they flew over to play the second half. Don't ask me why a freshman football team is doing calf roping exhibitions in Scottsdale. It's the South, and I don't ask questions. So Harbaugh, just, you know, make a decision. Let people know you're staying. Personally, if I just had back-to-back years like that, and the talk came out, hey, I'm flattered, but I'm staying. And his cryptic message from last Friday left the door open. So, I again, is there an exodus of players? You know, Schoolmaker, Smith, Morris, I... I don't think that's based on Harbaugh, Quorum coming back. I'm telling you, I would think Blake Quorum would knock on Harbaugh's door, call him, text him, Snapchat, whatever it is, TikTok, 
sing a little song like, yo, coach, you leaving. Yo, coach, you leaving. I'm staying if you're staying. <laughs> I'm leaving if you're going. Bust me out a rhyme because I'm TikTok showing. Uh, off that rap, let's go rap with Chris Ballas with the Wolverine.com, the Michigan Insider. Chris, is it just a circus uh, since really the the first half of TCU? It's just been borderline, uh, almost like it's a sitcom or Netflix series. It's like last year, frankly, man. What happened last year was Jim Harbaugh said his goodbyes. Everything we were told you was true. He said his goodbyes. He thought for sure that he had that job locked up and went up there with the intention of signing an art, uh, an, a, a contract with the Minnesota Vikings and went up there. And as the athletic reported, what we first reported and what the athletic reported yesterday was he did not do well in the interview. And at some point in that interview, Minnesota's like, we aren't going to hire him. So we're going to go in a different direction. Now, uh, at this point, how much NFL interest is there really? Uh, we see the report that Denver is, yes, uh, has talked to Jim Harbaugh for two hours. We still don't think he's the leading candidate, even though there was a report out there that he is one of the leading candidates. It sounds like it's still going to be Sean Payton, and I don't think they can interview him until the 17th. But it certainly seems to me that Jim Harbaugh has an NFL itch, and we've talked to people close to him who said that last year. They're saying the same thing this year that he still has that NFL itch that he wants to scratch. And I understand that. The problem is, is it's kind of holding the program hostage here, Bill, as you said. And the recruiting class this year was not what it should have been coming off back-to-back Big Ten championships. And you're going to have that uncertainty for 2024. You can get away with one, especially when you when you actually supplement it with some outstanding kids from the transfer portal, but you can't really get away with two. You need your playmakers like the Blake Corums, and the Donovan Edwards and the J.J. McCarthy's, and you're not going to get them if you keep doing this every year. So uh, at some point, there's got to be a come-to-Jesus moment between the administration and Jim Harbaugh and say, what's going on here and what can we do to make this go away? And I think they've been trying to do that. So lots of uh, moving parts here, but certainly never a dull moment at the Wolverine.com. I can promise you that. I mentioned before I came to you, Chris, and Chris Ballas from TheWolverine.com joining us. You can follow everything Harbaugh, Michigan offseason, Michigan hoops, and more at TheWolverine.com. That for Blake Corum to say, hey, I'm ready to run it back, don't you think he would talk to Harbaugh first before he announced that? He did talk to Harbaugh, and he actually went on the Rich Eisen show and said I did not tell him. Uh, he did not tell me what he was doing. He said uh, I didn't really ask. I think I'm sure they probably talked about it, and I think Jim Harbaugh is saying the same thing that he's planning on being back at Michigan, but he always leaves that door open, right? No man knows the future and everything else and always leaves that door open. I expect to be back at Michigan, and everybody was like, oh, there it is, he's staying. I'm like, that doesn't mean squat. It means that he expects to be back, but if he gets a great offer, you know, or if Michigan doesn't show him the love, and I think they are. I think President Santa Ono is an absolute rock star. I've talked to people about him. Uh, you wouldn't believe how involved he is and how much he cares about Michigan Intercollegiate Athletics. He actually told some one of my good friends about that, that same thing today. And um, this guy is uh, committed to making it happen. And, and you need to keep your Hall of Fame coaches, Bill. You and I have talked about this, and, and I understand there's only so much you can do, but if you've got those guys and you've got something special, then you need to do everything in your power to keep it. I think he understands that as much as anybody. So hopefully they're working to that end, Bill. But at the same time, 
if Jim Harbaugh's heart isn't in it, it's not about the now. They're going to have a great team next year, too. We know that. They're going to be one of the top four teams in terms of odds to win a national championship. It's about the future. It's about keeping this thing going and keeping the program going and what's going to happen in two and three years, not just the immediate future. I go back to February, I think it's 5th, 2022. I think Jeff Seidel, a Detroit Free Press uh, story, a quote from Harbaugh after the uh, Vikings job fell through. This is Harbaugh's words. I called Ward and I asked him if he wanted me to be the head coach. And he said, yes, 100%. And I said, okay, then that's what I want to do. And I told him, Ward, this will not be a recurring theme every year. This was a one-time thing. Yeah, apparently not. <laughs> so, and guys. Oh, thank right you, thank you, Inspector Ballas. <laughs> <laughs> and guys have the right to change your minds. You know, John Beeline, as I've said many times, one of the most honest men I know. You know what? It was. Uh, you know what? He was done with it until he changed his mind and decided he wasn't. And, and I don't begrudge him that. He said, "Hey, you know, here's an opportunity right here. I can drive." It's halfway between my kids in New York and my home in Ann Arbor, and I can give it a shot, and they're wanting me to do it. So I think he changed his mind back and decided, hey, especially with the way that his season ended where he lost a couple guys. He was on the recruiting trail for 30 days in a row and on planes, and he said, you know, it was too much. He'd just been coming off the heart surgery. So guys have the right to change their minds, and if you look at the changing landscape of college football and what's going on with NIL and what head coaches have to do these days, they're all fed up. I can promise you Ryan Day's fed up. I can tell you, you know, maybe not a Kirby Smart, you know, who's getting guys delivered to him, you know, via Amazon or whatever, you know, and that's been going on at, at Alabama and Georgia forever, so they don't have to quite work as hard no matter what anybody says. That's just the way it works. It's getting tougher and tougher. If I had a choice to be a an NBA or an NFL head coach compared to what these guys are dealing with today, I think there's no question what I would do. So, uh, I don't begrudge him that. The problem is right now it's hurting the program a little bit. So is Michigan going to have some tough decisions to make? And I do think that Blake Corum's decision was independent, and he actually said that, of what Jim Harbaugh is going to do. And I think it's because they believe that if it's not Jim Harbaugh, it'll be probably be somebody like Sharon Moore. That's what we're hearing inside the building is if Jim Harbaugh does decide to leave, these kids will be all behind Sharon Moore, Michigan's offensive line coach and offensive coordinator, to replace him, and they'd be just fine with that. Yeah, and also I talked about this last Friday that the players have stronger connections to assistants than they do to the head coach. Most players do at big D1 programs. They do, and they do love Jim Harbaugh, and you can sense it. You can sense it in the post-game interviews and how they talk, and after the Ohio State game, we saw it, you know, a lot of uh, lovey-dovey stuff there. And after the uh, TCU game as well, uh, or after the Big after the Big Ten championship game, um, they said, hey, we love our coach, and you could sense it. But at the same time, uh, as Bo Schembecker once said, no man is bigger than the program, no coach is bigger than the program. So he's going to have to make a decision and say, hey, you know what, if this doesn't work out for me, uh, do I want to be here, and can I sign this long-term deal with a huge buyout to uh, ensure that this doesn't happen again? Because I think that's going to be part of this. If I were the Michigan administration, I would say this is what we need. We need to make sure that uh, we have a huge buyout for you and so that we aren't going through this every year. Otherwise, it's just going to hurt the program. It is a clown show between Harbaugh and Aaron Rodgers after every season. Really, the last three, four years, it's like, stop it. Just to either, and I, I get it. He has a right to do what he wants to. And 
the Broncos could be playing him without without an actual flying a you know Walton jet in there uh, to bring him in. That they're waiting for Peyton uh, to be able to yep. interview, and if he decides he doesn't want it, Harbaugh's a fallback. So they gonna let this linger for a couple of weeks without Harbaugh just saying, "Yeah, thank you, Broncos. I have no interest. I'm staying at Michigan." I mean, I I'm looking at there's not massive defections, right? More more of guys expected, you know, Schoonmaker, Mozzie Smith, Morris. What I've read, these are guys that probably were going even if Harbaugh announced right after the game he was staying, right? Exactly, hundred percent. DJ Turner is a guy though that might have, you know what, um, might have come back and and uh, these, let's be honest too, these kids want to get paid. Guys like Donovan Edwards, Donovan Edwards is thrilled that Blake Corum is coming back, but I can promise you, he's looking at guys like Andrew Anthony that are leaving and saying, wait a minute, this kid's going to get like a quarter million dollars to go somewhere else when he's played, you know, caught 10 balls last year. And, and here I am as a huge part of this program. And, and I'm not going to get that here. So uh, they've got some work to do in that area too. And that's another part of this coaching thing. You know, you, that's, that's another thing that you have to be involved in is dealing with collectives and making sure that these kids are taken care of with NIL opportunities. And again, there are some things in the works that are coming down the pike here that are going to be uh, very, very good and very lucrative, lucrative opportunities for Michigan student athletes. But it's just one more thing you have to worry about. So you know what? I can't fault Jim Harbaugh, but at the same time, as I've said, man, uh, you know what? And and to, and to be fair, Bill, it's been really just these last two years. It hasn't been the two years prior. It's just been these last two years. Jim Harbaugh, when all these other rumors were starting, he put them to bed and he said, you know, it's jive turkeys or whatever. And he came out and flat out said, I'm staying. But what he said last year was after seven years, he said, I told them I would give them seven years. I honored that. And, and I have that NFL itch. And, and it is hard for that thing to go away unless you scratch it, Bill. Well, yeah, it would be the last two years of, uh, yeah. you know, openly talking about the NFL. Yeah. The previous year was the drama on taking so long for the contract, which right. Michigan was maybe behind closed doors thinking if they wanted to continue with hardball, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair, and uh, and I think that Ward Manuel went to bat for him, but uh, at the same time, Jim Harbaugh, you know, viewed as a, as a slap in the face. And here's the thing: it, now that we see, you know, what the COVID year was, you know, what it was a write-off, as everybody said it was. And you know, you're two and four. They weren't practicing half the time. Yeah, half the time, some guys were, some guys weren't. You had opt-outs and everything else. It was a mess. It was almost like an exhibition season. So. Uh, I give Ward Manuel credit for not really holding that against him. At the same time, Jim Harbaugh's thinking, well, that's a throwaway year. I'm still one of the best coaches in football. You look where the program is compared to where when I took over. And uh, and to cut my salary in half, I can promise you that didn't sit well. You know, we've talked to enough people um, to know that that's a fact. So uh, we're not saying that there's some kind of a great relationship between Ward Manuel and Jim Harbaugh either. So, uh, But these are all things that, you know what, if, if it were 30 years ago and it was just newspapers, we wouldn't know any of this, and we wouldn't even be talking about this. But every little piece of information is disseminated now, and we have to comment on it. And, and we go on our, your show and tell you what's going on behind closed doors. And every day seems to be an adventure. And it's like we said, it's like a carnival. But you know what? Uh, these things tend to play out. And like you said, last year we were having the same conversation and what happened. Jim Harbaugh came back. They win their second straight. They were going out on Columbus for the first time. So... If this is resolved in the next week or two and it doesn't hurt recruiting too much, then you move on and you say, okay, just another another year in the in the life of the Jim Harbaugh saga. And I think he has some angst and anxiety in the media with fans that you yep. watch TCU's defense, you look at what they've given up in the last six quarters, 
of the college football playoff. I think it's over a hundy or right close. Uh, yeah, over a hundy uh, that they've given up. And you're wondering if Michigan just has a decent first half. They're in the 50s, if not 60s, against TCU with an easy win. And you looked at Ohio State where Georgia needed a miss by the Buckeyes to move on. And that that would have been a better game. I get Georgia has athletes. Mm You know, but, you know, and Stetson Bennett running for two touchdowns early. And I'm thinking, yeah, J.J. McCarthy with better wheels than him. And you didn't do design runs until the third quarter. And you're on the goal line twice. And how do you not have J.J. keep it and tell him to just go sprint to the corner? I I, Again, I you know, what what that TCU game was, and it came to life watching them just get drubbed last night. And that's where I think all this angst and – uh, this back and forth, and then hardball mixed in doesn't help that, right? It just more more gasoline on the fire. That Michigan season was about not showing their playbook or kind of, you know, not full throttle in the first half or halves, plural, and then they would turn it on the second half, in which they did against TCU. But the problem was uh, it was the college football semifinal, and you got down and you had mistakes, and J.J. didn't look comfortable. Your play calling – the bubble screen, fullbacks coming in as, you know, goal line running backs. I mean, my God, just I look at Georgia. I look at Kirby Smart. He he put that, uh, what TCU did all year with Duggan, uh, he did it with Stetson Bennett last night. And, and they should have done that with J.J. running more if he wasn't comfortable passing, right? Yeah, they should have. And, uh, you know, here's the thing, though. They had 45 points, and you had – uh, two two times inside the two yard line, including one oh. first down. Where say say you kick the field goal on the first one, you should have ten more points. So you're looking at fifty five points. So we can blame the offense all we want to. Uh, I'm going to look at that crappy defensive performance more than anything, and and the fact that JJ McCarthy threw two pick sixes. You are not going to win a football game against a solid football team if you throw two pick sixes. Mm. So um, that's the disappointment to me. I think they were in, went in there overconfident. Uh, there was no question. I was looking at Georgia's offensive line again, and no disrespect to Michigan's Joe Moore award-winning offensive line. Georgia had a better offensive line the last two years than Michigan did. I see five guys out there moving guys like Michigan's best Olu Oluwatimi did and built like him, and I'm thinking, man, uh, would it have been a repeat of last year? Would Michigan have been within two, three scores of this team? I think Ohio State's a better matchup for them because they had an elite thrower and they had elite receivers. That could move the ball in that Georgia. That's how you move the ball in Georgia. We saw LSU have success through the year against uh, against Georgia. They just couldn't stop them. So and so, I think that's a better matchup for Ohio State than it is for Michigan. That's what it's all about. You can't play the the, the transitive property game. Well, TCU lost sixty five to seven, so Michigan should have done this and this and that because we saw what Michigan did to Ohio State. We've seen different games this year where Ohio State struggled with a team, Maryland, for example. Uh, you know what, and in the past, you just can't do it. It doesn't work that way. It's about matchups. I don't think Georgia was a great matchup for Michigan because they don't have the elite receivers to exploit the secondary, which was a little bit weaker, and I don't know if they would have been able to run the ball on Georgia. So, And certainly that defense, if they couldn't hold up against TCU, and let's be honest, TCU did better in the trenches than we expected them to against Michigan. Uh, Michigan would have had, had trouble with Georgia in the trenches again. Those guys are they're five stars. They are They are great athletes in the trenches. And that's where the difference is half the time. So regardless, you wanted to take that next step, Bill, and get to that championship game, win or lose, then you can say you took one more step towards it. But I'll also say this, back-to-back top three AP finishes for the first time since, what, the point-of-minute teams in the early 1900s. 
you're not going to be hearing me complain too much about that. And with all the complaining, the back and forth, the hardball watch, uh, watching TCU, thinking about what happened in that first half in the desert. And I agree with you, the defense didn't step up in the second half when Michigan's offense came alive against TCU. That's a great point. But with everything being discussed on this show, uh, at thewolverine.com, on your message boards, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, uh, Michigan, way too early ESPN top 25 college football poll, Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Ohio State 3, Alabama 4. Yep, and that's about probably how it should be, right? Yeah. There you go, right? I mean, for yeah. all this, yeah, that's why the hardball thing, for a team that should, you know, you're hoping with experience and J.J. learns, and we said that last year after Georgia, that's why they went to J.J. instead of Cade because they wanted to go that next level is that you hope, uh, A, there's not major injuries, but that Harbaugh would see this and say, okay, I'll entertain the NFL next year because the only job that I think you could be a playoff team in next year would be with Russell Wilson in the right situation in Denver. It's not going to happen with Carolina. It's not going to happen with Indy. Arizona possibly, but you don't know Kyler Murray's knee. If he tore his ACL, does he lose his speed? But... You know, gosh, look at Michigan. Preseason number two, way too early, top 25, 2023 college football poll. And there's Ohio State losing a quarterback. I'm going to lose Marvin Harrison Jr., and they're still yep. number three. But that tells you about the depth they have with their four and five stars. They do. Uh, they always reload, and they're going to be very good. And they're going to come in here. Michigan will be favored this year. So <laughs> it's going to be a different dynamic, right? Michigan went down there as an underdog. Michigan was an underdog two years ago. So... Uh, and, and there's no question, especially with the transfer portal, you know, for all we know, all of a sudden somebody's going to come out of nowhere, you know, and look at Sam Hartman at Notre Dame. You know what? You're going to plug somebody in and it's going to be, you know what? You're going to all, all of a sudden have your quarterback. That's just the way it is. It's like free agency now. So, but they've got so many pieces coming back. I do think Trevor Keegan's coming back on the offensive line. I think Zach Zinter is very seriously thinking about it. So it sounds like Jermon Green, who was going to go, um, the cornerback, now that DJ Turner has left, he'll probably get some money in an NIL deal and come back. So they're going to have Will Johnson and Jamon Green. Uh, should be an excellent secondary with Mike Sainer still back there again and a couple of safeties who have played a ton of football. So they are ready to make another run. I don't think there's any question about it. Pointing to that Penn State game next year is the big one on the road because they look pretty good. they got some pieces coming back too. But Michigan will be the favorite to win the Big Ten next year. It's crazy. Uh, and Again, your Harbaugh... I don't think he has a couple of weeks to let this fester. I know he has every right to look, but you know he just need to kind of move on and figure it out. And but you know Denver's you know reportedly fifteen twenty million a year. He's going to listen, and maybe this gets another team to you know throw the kitchen sink at him. You know whether it's Indy or Carolina, I think Wilkes could end up keeping that job. I mean, I the Arizona thing is interesting to a point, but Harbaugh doesn't seem like a Fit there. So uh, keep us posted. I'll uh, keep checking in at thewolverine.com, Chris. I will. And I will say this Carolina is not going to be an option for him. Indy might be, per se, the owner uh, would probably have to intervene there and say, this isn't the guy I want, uh, which is certainly possible being given the history there. But I think it's really Indy might be even more likely than Denver at this point. But those are the two I would watch right now. Hardball Watch presented by Chris Ballas and the team from thewolverine.com. Thank you, Chris. My pleasure. All right. Take care, brother. My pleasure. What are you, working at a hotel resort now? My pleasure.
Yeah, Harbaugh and Rodgers, I'm like, oh, I've had it. I really, if Harbaugh was in this room right now, I would, I would say, what are you doing? Make a decision. But, you know, these players now get the transfer. They all leave. You're a coach. Oh, they owe it to the team. Really? Look how many guys just bail on a team. Uh, college football is like the pros now. It is. And Harbaugh, maybe he'll shock us and say tonight or tomorrow he's staying. For sure. Because remember, the the release, the letter from Michigan football last week, those who stay will be champions. Those who leave for Denver may make $20 million a year. That's another part of that statement. <laughs> Matt Charbonneau will get an update on Mel Tucker and this offseason for Michigan State football. Also talk about Izzo and Michigan State basketball. Playing some good ball right now. Charbonneau from the Detroit News will join us next. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. Imagine this. Winning big at Soaring Eagle and having a winter blast with up to $25,000. Every Saturday in January from 7 to 10 p.m., you can win $1,500 in premium play. Then, at 11 p.m. each week, one lucky player takes home $25,000 cash. That's $160,000 all month long. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fundraising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org. Fish on! The Ultimate Fishing Show, Detroit, January 12th through 15th. At the Suburban Collection Showplace with over seven acres of the newest fishing tackle. Fishing boats and fishing trips. Take it from fishing pro Mark Zona. This is the largest pure fishing show in the country. It's the Fishing Boat Show. Buy from dealers who know how to rig them right. Shop fishing tackle only available once a year. Seminars on five stages. Meet guides and lodge owners. The Ultimate Fishing Show, Detroit, January 12th through the 15th. At the Suburban Collection Showplace. It's Christmas for fishermen. Huge here with a reminder that I'll be live this Friday, 3 until 6, statewide from the Ultimate Fishing Show Detroit inside Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi on the east side of the state. This is the biggest fishing show in America. Over four football fields of fishing tackle, fishing trips, fishing boats, and also it features like Ultimate, a huge indoor lake, on-the-water seminars daily. Look for the huge show live at the Ultimate Fishing Show Detroit this Friday, statewide 3 until 6. Are you ready the toughest sport on dirt is back for an all-new 2023 season join the party and come watch the cowboys of the pbr tractor supply company classic ride the rankest bulls on the planet live at van andel arena january 27th and 28th tickets on sale now at pbr.com or ticketmaster.com the pbr tractor supply company classic at van andel arena january 27th and 28th you're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Hey, 
The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Matt Charbonneau, Detroit News, Michigan State Football and Basketball Insider will join us in a moment. We'll get his thoughts on Mel Tucker's offseason. And Tom Mizzle of Michigan State. Tom seems pretty comfortable right now. I think he likes where his team's at. He has depth. He has size. Get Malik Hall. Aiken's totally healthy. Big Ten looks... I, I don't, who's the best? Purdue? They lost at Rutgers. Seriously. Who, who's a Big Ten team that you fear coming to your building and they're going to beat you? Indiana's a train wreck with Woodson. That guy just can't coach. I'm sorry. He is a horrible basketball coach. Uh, Purdue with their size, but I don't know if they have enough guard play and shooters. You know, who's the best team when you look at the Big Ten in hoops? I guess I'd go Purdue by default. You know, Maryland rolled into Michigan a week ago Sunday. They they lose by 40. I mean, I, I think Izzo has that comfortable look that, okay, I'm not going to say Michigan State wins it. But he has that look of, we can do some damage. Let's go talk to Matt Charbonneau, Detroit News, Michigan State insider. He's standing by, get his thoughts on Mel Tucker's offseason and football in a moment. But uh, when you look at the Big Ten right now, what I was just kind of going back and forth in my mind on air, Matt, that... Purdue, yes. Uh, tell me another team that, okay, they're coming to the Breslin, and Tom would be really concerned outside of Purdue that they're going to get you in the Big um, Ten right now. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if it's that there's a team you're concerned is going to get you. It's more that there's not a team that you're like, well, mark this down as a win uh, outside of maybe Minnesota right now, and they've played a little better. I just, I just to me, there's – just no separation in these teams right now. I mean, you mentioned Maryland were just got awful one night, but then, you know, beat Ohio State. So I I don't remember it being this tight in a long time. Usually you got a few teams kind of separate. And I guess right now by default, like you mentioned, I'd give it to Purdue. Because, um, you know, they lose at home to Rutgers, and Rutgers is a good team. But, you know, they bounce back and win two games on the road. Um so I think I'd probably still err toward them right now. But I don't think any team, if you're in the Big Ten, like scares you or freaks you out. But there's just no gimmies in the conference this year. That's what I was saying. Because look at two of the teams that were up there as preseason favorites. Indiana and Illinois are 1-2 and two and 1-3 and three respectively right near Minnesota at the bottom of the Big Ten. I know it's early. We're only into the second week. Of January and teams like Northwestern at three and one, I doubt they hang around uh, all year. But I, I do look at Michigan State and what they did to Michigan defensively. Uh, both teams didn't shoot well. Uh, I, I agree with you on Purdue, uh, Wisconsin always tough at home. I don't think they're a Big Ten title contender. Rutgers is three and two. Yeah, go go all the. You, you have Nebraska at two and three, and then Indiana and Illinois are after them. So I, I do like where Michigan State is at, though, if I'm Izzo, especially after 
the defense they played against Michigan State and the options and the depth uh, he has. He he has that comfortable look. Would you agree? Yeah, and they, they've got the other thing that in college basketball you win with good guard play more often, and they've got they've got good guard play. They've got experienced guard play. Um, you know, no one shot great the other day, but Tyson Walker has been shooting so well. AJ Hoger just I, I think every night out becomes more and more that that time is no point guard that we've become used to seeing. Uh, Jay Nakins looks like he's a hundred percent now. I, I just think with guard play like that, they're going to be in every game they play, especially with the defense you mentioned as well. Now the shooting's been hasn't been as great the last couple of games, but Joey Hauser's played so well this year. Um, there's always going to be questions at that center spot. I just think though, with that guard play with Malik Hall coming back, it, it's there, there's no night where you're not you're going to think they they don't have a shot tonight. So it's. You're, you're right. It's hard to say exactly where they end up, but you got to feel pretty good about the spot they're in now with everyone kind of getting close to 100% on this roster. you got to feel good about it. Now, Michigan State at Wisconsin uh, coming up tonight. That will be uh, one of those games where if State can get that W on the road, I think they'll go back in to the top 25 and be a true contender uh, for the Big Ten title. Uh, moving away from Izzo and state basketball, what's this offseason been like so far for Mel Tucker? How would you grade it? I, I mean, I, I graded around uh, probably a B. I mean, the, the recruiting class, you certainly had some decommits in there, but it's still, you know, what, nine, ten, four-star guys. They hit some positions in need when you when you throw in the portal as well with some, you know, some high-talented defensive linemen, defensive end, edge-type guys. They've, they've lost a little experience there, but I think they brought in, in more talent, and, and we'll see where that goes. Uh, and, and we'll see how it plays out here the next few weeks before the next signing period. And it, with the portal now, it's, it's like you're never done, right? You always wonder who's the next guy to leave or who's coming in. But, um, you know, the, those are positions they needed some help at, uh, making sure a guy like Jacoby Winman's coming back at linebacker. I think that those are all positives for this team. So we'll see what spring brings. But I, but I like the class they brought in, some, some impact transfers. So. We'll see. I'd have to grade it about a B right now, and then we'll see how it plays out on the field. Speaking of on the field, uh, Tate Halleck's next field will be down in Kalamazoo. He, he left Michigan State, went to the portal, announced, I think, yesterday he was going to Western. I'm telling you uh, how Michigan State never thought that kid could help them at safety. Uh, um, he's one of the best high school athletes I've ever seen uh, in West Michigan. I think he'll do well uh, at Western. Uh, Matt Charbonneau, Detroit News. You can follow him uh, on Twitter. Uh, also, uh, deadnews.com. He follows Michigan State uh, basketball and football. Sharby, thanks for the update, my man. You got a huge anytime, man. All right, Matt Charbonneau, check it in on the Meyer Guest Sign. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with Michigan State University Athletics. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. The best vacations are RV vacations. Let's go somewhere. The Grand Rapids Camper Travel and RV Show at DeVos Place is back. It's the biggest RV show in the state with the best RV deals. See over 300 RVs, luxurious motorhomes, fifth wheels, travel trailers, and ultralights, RV accessories and services, hundreds of camping destinations, Alaska RV and seminars, and more. That's January 12th through 15, DeVos Place. Buy your tickets at GrandRapidsRVShow.com. Huge. 
here reminding everybody across Michigan to check out the biggest RV show in the state this weekend, the Grand Rapids Camper Travel and RV Show at DeVos Place. It runs Thursday through Sunday. Get your tickets now at GrandRapidsRVShow.com. You can check out over 300 RVs on site at DeVos Place this weekend, Thursday through Sunday. It's the Grand Rapids Camper Travel and RV Show at DeVos Place in downtown GR. Get your tickets now at Grand Rapids RV show.com. Whether it's jackpots or colors of the rainbow, seven's a special number. At Meyer, it's no different. Get more for your money with seven for seven dollars, no luck required. Mix or match specially marked items. Buy seven or more and get each for only a dollar. From Meyer Instant Oatmeal and Meyer Pasta Sauce to Meyer Facial Tissue, there's so many ways to seven for seven dollars. Plus, California Sweet Seedless Mandarins, just $2.99 for a three-pound bag. And shop the same low Meyer prices in-store and online. Exclusion supply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. Hey, Michigan, let's go big. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app, Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your first two deposits for up to $1,500 plus 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Have you been to a Grand Rapids Gold basketball game yet inside Van Andel Arena? They're the Denver Nuggets G League team, and they feature talent from Kentucky, Baylor, Stanford, Duke, and more. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com or the Van Andel Arena box office. And don't forget their home game specials. Tuesdays, two-for-one tickets. Thursdays, $2 beers and $2 dogs. And the Sunday Family 4-Pack. Get four tickets and a $20 concession voucher for only 50 bucks. Get your Grand Rapids Gold tickets now. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Tuesdays are presented by the incredible Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also follow them on Facebook and on Twitter. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com will join us coming up in a few minutes. Get an update on Harbaugh Watch 2023. His thoughts on what Michigan would have done against Georgia last night. Now, our Bud Light huge question of the day, do you think Harbaugh is leaving or staying? I go back and forth on this like every other day. You can answer that question at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook, all of our social network interaction presented by the Denver Nuggets G League basketball team, the Grand Rapids Gold. They're at home tonight, tip off a little after 7 p.m. At Van Andel Arena in downtown GR, Denzel Valentine in Maine taking on the gold. 
It's a BOGO Tuesday. Buy one ticket, get one free. Get your tickets at the Van Andel Arena box office, Ticketmaster.com. Denzel Valentine, former Michigan State star, in town tonight with Maine as they take on the Grand Rapids Gold at Van Andel Arena in downtown Grand Rapids. Yeah, so our Bud Light huge question of the day, Harbaugh, Stan, or leaving? I was at like 90% Friday. I'm at like 50-50 right now. I answer that question, I went 866-838-4843. Also, live broadcast reminder on Friday, 3 until 6, I'm at the Ultimate Fishing Show Detroit Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi, 3 until 6. This is one of the biggest fishing shows in the Midwest, if not the country. And look for the huge show on Friday, 3 until 6. The show runs Thursday through Sunday in Novi at the Suburban Collection Showplace. If you miss any of our interviews, ours, full shows, our podcast are free. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcast. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to Soaring Eagle Casino. Casino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. We are back live across Michigan, another hour on the only show willing to tell like it is. We're all about huge opinions, yours and mine. Superfly Hayes he is our executive producer, Clayton Safey. For the Wolverine.com, another one of our Michigan insiders will join us. Look at the latest on the Harbaugh watch. And with Clayton watching TCU in Georgia last night, if Michigan would have beat TCU and was playing Georgia last night, but that game had been like the Ohio State-Georgia game, where Ohio State missed a field goal to win it. And you know the Buckeye Nation and Ryan Day are killing themselves right now in terms of mental anguish. On If they make that field goal, they win the national title. And that was the last thing any Michigan fan wanted to have. Ohio State beat Georgia and then beat TCU, the two teams that knocked Michigan out of the college football playoff the last two years. Georgia was dominant. But you saw TCU in the second half in that defense, and the Michigan defense. As Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com said, in our number one, hey, we, we focus on the play calling of the goal line, J.J.'s pick sixes. But what about the defense not making a stop? What about the way TCU just gashed that Michigan defense two running backs over 100 yards? Because in terms of points, 
when you look at Michigan with 45 and what they put on in the second half, they easily could have been in the high 50s or 60s playing a full game of quality football against TCU. Does that mean they would have beat Georgia last night? No. But I think it's better than 65-7. So we'll talk to Clayton about that. Tim Stout from Stout on Sports and our affiliate, the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. He'll join us in a few moments. Get his thoughts on Michigan State, Wisconsin. Big Ten hoops tonight. One of the bigger games. I know Michigan was big, but back-to-back man having Michigan-Wisconsin. But Izzo seems comfortable right now. We'll talk to Stout. Get his thoughts on Harbaugh. Does he think he's staying or going? That's our Bud Light huge question of the day. Bud Light, by the way, served up in Detroit and across Michigan by Fabiano Brothers and other great distributors. So Stout here in about 20 minutes. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, will join us. His thoughts on the national championship game last night and another day. Uh, watching for news on Harbaugh. He did a virtual interview. So I, I think he did a virtual interview. I'll give you my just read on the outside looking in. Last time he went and did the interview in person, and that became a clown show. So now I'm going to do the virtual interview, engage these guys as their real interest. Do I like them? Do I want to go do the face-to-face interview? Or he's doing it to get Michigan to up the ante on a bigger deal to stay in Ann Arbor. Or there's no conspiracy theory and he just did a virtual interview. Go ahead. Pick A, B, or C. <laughs> Let's go welcome in Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com. He was watching TCU's offensive and defensive performance last night and tears were streaming down his cheeks thinking if that's Michigan... Okay, they're not going to give up 65, but then again, they gave up 51 to TCU. <laughs> My God. You know, I, I just, that, that was a TCU team we saw in the second half, but the one thing that has been overlooked and not talked about it enough, and I'm glad Ballas brought it up, and I just mentioned it, Clayton, was how bad the Michigan defense was in Glendale, Arizona. Totally. I mean, uh, you know, TCU is a good offense. They have good weapons. Quentin Johnson at the wide receiver spot, guys like that. But there's no excuse for Michigan allowing some of those big plays and backbreakers in that second half. And I thought they played well early in that game. If you remember, they only had, they only gave up 14 points in the first half, but seven of those points were via pick six. But then they completely folded in the second half. And luckily for Michigan, uh, you know, they had a lot of success on offense, but – yeah, uh, that defense, it was pretty uncharacteristic what we saw. And, uh, you know, watching the game last night, uh, not many people figured Michigan would have had a chance if they made it there. Uh, but at the same time, you still wanted to be there. You still wanted to have that opportunity. And every game is different. I'm not saying Michigan would have won. In fact, I predicted, you know, if that matchup were to play out, Georgia would, would have beaten them. But uh, at the same time, you know, Georgia was in a close game with Ohio State. Uh, every game is different. Every matchup is different. Uh, but, yeah, certainly Georgia looks like the, the well-deserving back-to-back champ. Yeah, they're just a machine. And how about the the video shots that these guys were getting champagne and food from some of the luxury suites in the fourth quarter of the game? <laughs> did you see that? I did not. I Hold did on. Not. They, there's video of and, and pictures. You know, they have those lower level and the newer uh, uh, buildings for football. They have – the lower level, you know, field level suites, right? 
And uh, it shows the Georgia players, some of them going over to a suite, getting food. This is during the game and little those little plastic glasses of champagne. I see some pictures now. I just Googled it. That's incredible. I mean, that shows you how much of a blowout it is. Is that the biggest uh, margin of victory? Oh, uh, that game. That of, you could yeah. tell. You could tell. Start of the second quarter. That game was over. Yeah, Done. or even earlier. Even earlier. I mean, just the way that they were controlling the line of scrimmage, and, and just the fact that every time TCU tried to to run it, I know they had a couple big plays, but early. But uh, most of those plays. I mean, there's three, four guys around the ball almost immediately. That was uh, that was pure domination. Yeah, I'm trying to think. You know, you get Stetson Bennett smoking a cigar on the field, not the Joe Burrow locker room. You have yeah. you have Georgia drinking. What, what the hell? They, they they forget that this wasn't in the South. It's not moonshine. It was in L. A. They're drinking champagne, eating food. I don't know if they call it DoorDash or Uber Eats. Uh, they got the national championship game going on. And then Stetson Bennett is probably saying, I'm done playing anyways. I don't care. I'm going to smoke a cigar. Hey, Joe Burrow, you did in the locker room. I'm going to, I'm going to smoke a cigar, uh, on the field because I, when I was down with, uh, Tony Anise and Ferris State, when they won the D2 title, one of the players smoked a cigar in the locker room and the NCAA went crazy on them. That's the NCAA, right? Who'd they punish for that one, you know? Well, they came by, everybody, and they announced with a a bullhorn going, did anybody get a burger from the coach? Anybody get a burger from the coach? (laughs) Right. Meanwhile, you got guys like Bill Self and Sean Miller, you know. Oh, (laughs) Oh my God. FBI wiretaps. How many people, unless you're a politician or a coach or rich, can get busted on an FBI wiretap and not go to jail. Right. In fact, you get uh, you know almost rewarded for it. Bill Self. Look at him. You know, win the national championship last season. Sean Miller just got a new job. It's incredible. Will Wade. I don't know where he is. Maybe he's you know off in oblivion. But uh, yeah, I mean the fact that this goes on and you know that would frustrate me too, Bill. If you're a coach and uh, you know you're getting slapped on the wrist for minor things, um, you know when you know what goes on and you've said it's hard to beat the cheaters. Uh, you know, this sport is, uh, you know, screwed up in, in a few ways, but we love it, but uh, it's certainly not perfect. Well, it could be part of, you know, it's why Beeline walked early, Jay Wright. You can look at some of these situations, and Harbaugh, you know, when he sent out that note, and then here comes the NCAA violations, that maybe he's like, you know what, I am going to talk to these guys. I am going to look. Maybe I, I was going to stay last Thursday or Friday morning, but I'm going to look. I'm going to look that the NCAA would hang me out to dry about a burger uh, and Georgia's drinking on the sidelines. Drinking. I mean, uh, drinking. Uh, Don't forget, coming up after the national championship game, the Moonshiners from Cook County, Georgia. Oh, my God. You know, I I just – it was tough to watch that game because I knew – Georgia was going to kill him. I said easy double digits. I didn't expect, you know, 58. Uh, those that had uh, TCU plus 59 on the DraftKings, I'm dreaming, big board. Congratulations. Uh, God, yeah. but it, I, I think Michigan, I still, I, I don't trust. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. And this is why, why Ohio State was such a surprise in the second half, second half, which was a theme all season long for Michigan. 
I don't trust Harbaugh's play calling. I think he's too conservative, and it bites him in the ass against uh, quality teams and big games. That's my opinion. It it might be. Um, you know, at, at the same time, though, they, they win doing a lot of what they did, you know, playing quote-unquote conservative throughout the season. And you look at, you know, the success they had running the football with an elite offensive line and running back. So I'm conflicted on it, too. I, I thought that, you know, they did open it up a little bit more in, in uh, you know, some of those bigger games when they had to. And they saw some success. So maybe do that a little bit earlier on. How about J.J. McCarthy? How about Stetson Bennett? They were bootlegging him. How, how do you yeah. not run McCarthy to the edges uh, in the first half? You do it in the third quarter, and it's boom, boom, two touchdowns, right? It feels like, yeah, it feels like they they kind of wait till the till they need to. Do Why? It. Why? God. Exactly. Why? Why? Why not go get TCU down fourteen twenty one nothing? I know the pick sixes. I get how you could feel that game change. You could look at Donovan Edwards' run. That if he just cuts back one time, he he goes from like the forty in. You know that run. If it's a touchdown, is it a different game? Is it like TCU Georgia? And I'm not saying it would have been sixty five seven, but it might have been fifty two fourteen. And I'm sorry I did my why. That went too long. I am Clayton. I'm just, you know, the hardball watch, the back and forth on that, looking at how bad TCU was and how in the hell did Michigan lose to them. Uh, it The last 10 days just stink. Uh, if you're a Michigan fan, it, they really do. They just stink. Well, you got Blake Corum back. I think that's the, uh, that's you know, kind of the biggest. That's why I put you on, man, because you you, yeah. you you throw the positive news out there. That's why I rolled it's you on there. It is big news. When, and Ballas told us last hour that Corum talked to Harbaugh. Harbaugh told him basically what was in that press release last week, that he expects to be back, but Corum said his decision wasn't based on whether or not Harbaugh returned, which I give him huge love for that. Yeah, I mean, in a world where, you know, a lot of guys leaving early, opting out, things like that. Uh, Blake Corum wants to come back. He wants more. And we have to remember, guys have different priorities. Blake Corum said he wants to win a national championship. Uh, he wants to leave his legacy at Michigan. Of course, NIL plays a factor there as well. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see on the Harbaugh stuff. I mean, he said Harbaugh was ecstatic. Uh, he knows if he does come back and coach Michigan, he'll get to coach Blake Corum and the rest of those guys. That, that offense is going to be pretty dangerous, I think. Uh, regardless of, of you know what happens with the coaching staff, if you just look strictly personnel, the returning quarterback, uh, you know potential to bring some more guys back on the offensive line. Blake Corum said he's convincing those guys now, trying to Zach Zinter and Trevor Keegan. Uh, you know you're going to have a lot there, but um, yeah, Blake Corum coming back. I mean, what a great kid and leader. He said he wants to read books this off season on leadership. Uh, it's going to go a long way for this Michigan team, and if they do have to go through a coaching search or a transition. I mean, some of those guys uh, are going to be really looking at him for leadership, and I think he can deliver. So um, big news for Michigan there. A lot of uncertainty, but uh, Blake Corum, he's put so many smiles on Michigan fans' faces over the last few years, and, uh, and they needed it right now, and I feel like he kind of delivered yesterday for them. Yeah, you kind of had a smile on your face when you were talking about him delivering smiles on uh, faces of Michigan fans. I'm also going to say this that J.J. McCarthy needs to run more the rest of his career at Michigan for Michigan to win a college football playoff game. That's my opinion. I'm with you. I'm with you. I want to see it. I mean, you know, a part of me throughout the year was thinking that, you know, some of 
them not running him as much is one, you were up big in a lot of these games. And two, the backup quarterback position was, you know, not necessarily solidified, but at a certain point when you're in a big game, you gotta you gotta let it loose. You gotta put it all on the line on the line. I think we talked about this when I was in studio a couple of weeks ago. You know, look at the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen. When when the, it's all on the line for them, I mean he is running, he is doing everything he possibly can. They're calling those plays for him. It's gotta be the same thing for Michigan. When you have a guy that's that dangerous with his legs and we saw it in the second half against TCU. I think 77 rushing yards, and he had a touchdown with his legs and a big 39-yard scramble. We saw it in the second half against Ohio State when they turned him loose. you got to do that. you got to use it. Uh, I think they're going to pass a little bit more next year, too, just uh, given that you have a returning starting quarterback that looks this promising. Uh, but I agree with you, you know. And I feel like they have the quarterback right now where they can, you know, if they use all that stuff, you know, they could win a national championship. You're coming in. Checking in number two in most of these way too early polls, not that they mean much, but just looking at in the context of what you have coming back compared to the others, things look pretty bright in that respect. So, uh, you know, if Jim Arbaugh comes back, man, you, you got to feel like they have a, a good shot to compete again. And you can look at J.J. when they're doing that run-pass option. There are times he needs to pull that ball and just sprint around the left end like Bennett did last night. Uh, for Georgia against TCU, where there's nothing but green. Because you have if Corum and Edwards and that rushing attack, and, and TCU was really being aggressive. And as Herb Street talked about in that first quarter, first you know 20 minutes of the game, they took advantage of it, and it was game over. And then Michigan didn't do it, and that's going to be uh, McCarthy. I get you don't have a backup. You were concerned. I understand that. But you know when you're down to your final game, they rolled it out in the second half, and they were unstoppable on offense. They were. And I think if they played the way they did in terms of game plan in the second half and the first half, they win that game 58-35, 58-28, something like that. I agree. I agree. They also made less mistakes and, and all that. Um, it all played into it in the defense. I thought held up better early than they did late. They, they could have won that game. And you're right. I mean, even Max Duggan, you know, was, was using his legs against Michigan. Those were some of the bigger third down pickups and, and first downs that they were able to gain was with his legs. And you're, you're seeing it now in not only college, but the NFL where these quarterbacks, it's not just running either. It's been able to evade the rush and extend plays and scramble out and make plays downfield too. JJ shows, you know, he has the ability to do that. Uh, you got to use it. Yeah, just you bottle the second halves. Uh, you know, the Ohio State game, uh, they were unstoppable against, you know, the number two team in the country on their home field in front of 100,000 Buckeye fans. And that's why when you look at the TCU game and you, you, you shake your head and you see 39 points in the second half. 39. I think the, yeah, I think it's the most uh, anyone scored in a, in a college football oh, playoff game in, in a half. Georgia had 38 last night. but Well, I know, yeah. but I, that's where – I'm not saying Michigan would have beat Georgia. I'm not there yet, and I really think that their defensive line no. would, it dictated – like their offensive line did. You know, the trenches that we talked about, Michigan, and their undefeated run through the Big Ten title game. I think Georgia was a step above with athletes on both sides of the ball. I agree. I think Georgia would have won that game. I think Michigan would have gave them more of a game, and you never know. Um can't use the transitive property. I, I hate that when people try to compare. Oh, I even saw a tweet this year. It was when Ohio State was up big on Iowa in the third quarter. They're like, oh, well, Michigan only beat Iowa by 13, and Ohio State is up 40 on Iowa. Well, Michigan ends up beating Ohio State by 22. You can't use the transitive property, so you can't use it and say that you know Michigan would have beat Georgia because 
you know, Georgia should have lost to Ohio State and Michigan beat them. But that's proof to me that every game's different, every matchup's different, and you just never know what would have happened. But I don't think anyone was beating Georgia last night, I'll say that. That was, that was clinical. That was about as casual as you could be and dominant in a national title game. And uh, they're the favorite going into next year. And, man, they are. They, David Pollock said it right in front of Nick Saban last night. They look like the team to beat now in college football, really the program to beat. Uh, from a year-to-year basis, they've kind of taken over. They've got all the talent in the world. Ton of guys returning and great recruiting classes. Yeah, David Pollock, by the way, played at Georgia. Nick Saban was yeah. the guest on set, and the look Saban was given Pollock. Oh, the oh, death stare. The oh, death oh, stare. The death stare. And then when Prime, he's not even prime time anymore. He's just prime. Deion Sanders with his Colorado Buffs gear and and he's talking and he's just doing his sermon about uh, Colorado and. Saban's looking at him saying, I'm never doing an Aflac commercial again with that guy. <laughs> right. I forgot they're on that together. Oh, yeah, my times God. Are changing. Times are changing. Oh, yeah. But go because, yeah, yeah, he had fun with uh, Prime when he's had Jackson State, but now he's had Colorado. And now there's talk that Colorado's <laughs> opener is going to be in prime time with Prime. Uh, and Saban's just sitting there being the gentleman, the Southern gentleman. And Brian Kelly was on the field going, I'm telling you, the LSU Tigers are going to be back. I don't know how my accent is like this at the end of the season, but we show Purdue you can't do. And I need some sweet tea from Mama Kelly as I'm down here on the bayou eating Gator Bites. It's like, it's like you go to McDonald's and you get Gator Bites instead of chicken nuggets. I take me a 20-pack of Gator Bites. With a little at two vessels. I'm not drunk, okay? I, I really, I'm not drinking Bud Light or McUltra uh, during this broadcast. All right, Harbaugh watch, uh, Clayton, before I let you go. Uh, is there, I, no one knows anything with, when it comes to Harbaugh. The two hour reported virtual interview with the Broncos. Uh, we get the message last Thursday about those who stay will be champions. Then you get the NCAA garbage about the burger and the level one violation along with some level two violations. Uh, this Harbaugh thing seems messier than it did a week ago, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, more complicated at the very least. I, I think the NCAA violations, we'll see what really comes of that. They seem minor and then know maybe a report that he failed to cooperate but basically from what we've heard he basically said he didn't recall which is you know what any good lawyer would tell you to do uh you know in certain circumstances you watch these politicians repeat it hundreds of times in some of these depositions so we'll see what comes of that uh i do think that you know probably the most likely scenario is that jim harbaugh is coaching michigan uh next season i mean we'll see how you know long this drags out if other teams are interested if he goes and does an in-person interview with the broncos remember last year he did a virtual interview with the vikings and then a few days later was on a plane uh, in minneapolis in the middle of that snowstorm so that's a possibility keep an eye out for what's going to come next uh as, as kind of really the coaching carousel is is uh, starting to open up in the NFL besides a few teams that had a little bit of early start. So we'll see. Uh, you know, you hope if you're Michigan, it doesn't drag on until February like it did a year ago. Um, you know, you give him a raise and, and see if he's going to sign it. But I do think he's interested in the NFL. I don't think there's any question. He always says, judge me on my actions. And 
uh, it seems like his actions are saying that, that he's at least interested in listening for the time being. All right, so Clayton, if you're sitting down with your Michigan friends and you guys are having a cold Bud Light mm-hmm. and they ask you, uh, what's the percentage on Harbaugh staying versus leaving, which is our Bud Light uh, huge question of the day, is he staying or leaving, what would you say? I'd say maybe 70% staying. I think there's there's some like things here where, is he going to get an offer? I mean, he didn't get an offer a year ago. I know his stock has probably gone up given what Michigan did on the field this year, but uh, you know, is he going to get an offer? And then another thing is you continue to watch Ian Rappaport and guys in the NFL report on this. They say, well, Michigan may be able to make this all go away with a big offer. Uh, is there going to be something like that in the next few days? We know he has an agent now this year. He didn't a year ago and really throughout most of his coaching career. So that could change things. They're going to leverage, try to get him the best deal possible. And maybe uh, before he would get on a plane to go to Denver and interview, maybe they, Michigan shuts it down and says, uh, hey, sign this. You're going to be the highest paid coach in the Big Ten or something like that. So those are a couple options. But the other options are this drags out. He interviews with a couple teams. One of them offers him, uh, and then he potentially takes it. But uh, right now I'd stick with you know probably most likely he'll be here uh, at Michigan. But, uh, man, it's hard to believe we're kind of going through it again here. It feels all too similar. Yeah, going through it again, we're on February 5th, 2022, quoted in a Detroit Free Press article. This is Harbaugh's words, not not an opinion. Uh, Harbaugh says in the article, this is after uh, the Vikings interview fell through, quote, Harbaugh said, I called Ward and I asked him if he wanted me to be the head coach. And he said, yes, 100%. And I said, okay, then. That's what I want to do. And I told him, Ward, this will not be a recurring theme every year. This was a one-time thing. And then he got, what, the five-year, seven million bucks a year deal, correct? It's correct. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he said he's been asked about that, too. And I'm going back in spring ball once we finally got to talk to him. And he said, that's how I felt. You know, I think feelings, you know, times can change. Feelings can change a little bit. I know that's leaving him an out a little bit, uh, but we have to remember as well. Remember when John Beeline interviewed with the Detroit Pistons, uh, didn't get an offer, said, uh, you know, I'm here for life. I'm going to be at Michigan until I retire. And then the next year, you know, things changed. Uh, he had a heart procedure in the meantime there, but, you know, maybe he got frustrated with recruiting, things like that. And uh, he ended up taking an offer with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I don't necessarily think people are painting John Beeline. I certainly am not as a liar. No. Um, you know, it's just kind of one of those things, and you don't know what you're going to say. Let's say you do get an offer uh, until you're in that situation again, and a year's gone by. So, um, yeah, I thought you know a lot of us took him at his word at the time, but uh, clearly, you know, he left himself an out in some of the statements he's had. And no one man knows the future. He continues to say, he continues to say, I expect to be at Michigan. So he's left himself a little bit of an out, and whether that's leveraging or not. Uh, I think it's pretty clear he has some sort of interest, at the very least, in going back to the NFL and in chasing a Super Bowl. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com. You can follow Clayton on Twitter, S-A-Y-F-I-E. His mother makes incredible bubble pizza that he dropped off in studio during the holiday season. Thank you, Mama Safey, listening on 96.1 The Game, our flagship uh, station. Also, the Wolverine.com, part of the On3.com uh, Network, Clayton, appreciate your opinions. Update on Harbaugh Watch. We'll talk soon. Thanks for having me. I'm going to have an ice-cold Bud Light.
There you go, buddy. All right. We love I love Clayton Safey. He's a good dude. Check him out with the team. Chris Ballas, Anthony Broom, John Borton, Doug Skeen at the Wolverine.com. We'll hear from Skeen coming up in about 40 minutes. Up next, Tim Stout from Stout on Sports on our affiliate, the game 730 AM in Lansing. His thoughts on Michigan State, Wisconsin, Big Ten hoops tonight. And also, does he think Harbaugh will stay at Michigan or go to the NFL? Stout's huge opinions are next. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. Imagine this. Winning big at Soaring Eagle. And finding piggy riches for up to $10,000. Every Friday in January, one lucky winner every hour from 7 to 11 p.m. will break the piggy and reveal their prize. From $500 premium play all the way up to ten grand in cash. Don't miss piggy riches only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. The best vacations are RV vacations. Let's go somewhere. The Grand Rapids Camper Travel and RV Show at DeVos Place is back. It's the biggest RV show in the state with the best RV deals. See over 300 RVs, luxurious motorhomes, fifth wheels, travel trailers, and ultralights, RV accessories and services, hundreds of camping destinations, Alaska RV and seminars, and more. That's January 12th through 15, DeVos Place. Buy your tickets at GrandRapidsRVShow.com. Huge here reminding everybody across Michigan to check out the biggest RV show in the state this weekend. The Grand Rapids Camper Travel and RV Show at DeVos Place. It runs Thursday through Sunday. Get your tickets now at GrandRapidsRVShow.com. You can check out over 300 RVs on site at DeVos Place this weekend, Thursday through Sunday. It's the Grand Rapids Camper Travel and RV Show at DeVos Place in downtown GR. Get your tickets now at Grand Rapids RV Show they say consistency is the key to success they weren't wrong so how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth consistently refreshing and consistently light you might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable Michelob Ultra the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories it's only worth it if you enjoy it Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch, Michelob, Ultralight Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive, boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.tv. That's MHSAA.tv. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network.
are back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Tuesday broadcast presented by the incredible Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today. Check out the shows, promotions, giveaways, and more at SoaringEagleCasino.com. Download the Eagle Access app and follow Soaring Eagle on Facebook and on Twitter. Let's get an update on Michigan State and his thoughts on Harbaugh Watch 2023. Tim Stout from Stout on Sports. Radio edition airs weekday mornings at 10 a.m. on the game 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. They carry the huge show weeknights at 6 p.m. How you doing, Timmy? Happy New Year, Bill. And uh, all these years, there's nobody better for radio, maybe you agree, than Harbaugh. He's fantastic for radio. Oh, he's uh, like a, nonstop. He's fan- it's like Jim Rome always says, who does he root for? He roots for somebody to talk about every day. I love that line because I root for somebody to talk about every day, and Harbaugh's never dull. Might be about any 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 kind of different subjects, but boy, he gives us something to talk about every day. And where are you at on the latest here with Harbaugh, the virtual Zoom interview, whatever it was, uh, two hours with the Broncos? It looks like from the outside looking in, Peyton may be the first choice, Harbaugh, the second if Peyton turns it down or they decide Harbaugh impresses them. Uh, do you think he's gone, or is he coming back? That's our Bud Light, the huge question of the day. Well, I think, Bill, until the final NFL coaching job is filled, whenever that is, and that could go through the Super Bowl, frankly, but until it is, I mean, his name may never go away just because his name is almost mentioned for everything. I think the problem he's got is that he may be absolutely innocent of all this compared to the Vikings issues a year ago where maybe he was far more offensive in looking into this because he was thinking maybe he was going to leave. But to me, it's not necessarily his fault if he's just returning phone calls and listening to these people. I mean, any coach would do that, and I don't think that's an affront to Michigan. I think he's sincere, that he likes his team and likes his school, and I I buy all that. I, I buy all that. But I think in the careers that these guys are all in, especially the high-profile coaches at the big schools like him, especially with you know his NFL records, 44-19, and 19, I am, and he went to the Super Bowl. I get why these guys are calling him. Now, whether he ends up there or not, I don't know. The problem he's got is in the NFL, for whatever reason, whoever you interview, it goes to the media. I mean, there's absolutely – you know, in, in the colleges, there's a lot more – you know, secrecy as to who we're talking to or who we're thinking about, unless agents are lying about their coaches being, you know, being accorded by anybody else in college or the NFL. And I think there's a lot of gamesmanship there. In Harbaugh's case, his name just simply is going to come up because the media covering the NFL has all these inside scoops. And for that matter, they said what Denver was making it public who they were going after. Now, whether that's because the Rooney rule requires them to let everybody know, like, this is who we're talking to and all that, I don't know. It, it's got to be frustrating for him. I have no idea whether he is serious or not, other than what you just said. If you spent two hours on the phone with them, that wasn't a thanks for calling. I appreciate it. If I'm interested, I'll get back to you if you're going for two hours. So, but, but, Bill, I mean, you know the way this works. Until all those jobs are filled, you might hear his name through five, six, seven franchises. Who knows? And Harbaugh could be thinking that, okay, I'm not going to leave unless there's this incredible offer and my name out there being talked about is actually good for Michigan football because look at last year with the Vikings. You had her recruiting somewhat. You may not see that for a couple of years, but 
you know, his team wasn't distracted and they went undefeated and didn't lose until TCU in the semifinals of the college football yeah. playoff. I mean, look, I think the, the way college sports are today, it is burning these coaches out. Ask Beeline, and Beeline wasn't even there when all this NIL stuff was getting. He was still burned out by it all. I think a lot of coaches, D'Antonio, Beeline, these guys just get worn out from what they have to do, especially at the profile they're at. I mean, now that Michigan's won two Big Ten titles at the Final Four twice, you know, if they come down a little bit, you know, then everybody's going to be on his case. And I think in the pros anymore, whether it's baseball, hockey, football, basketball, if you go to the, that level, you're doing it for the money. Because the, to me, the big winner yesterday wasn't George. It was Kit, the, Kit, uh, the Cliff Kingsbury, the guy at Arizona. I mean, this guy's getting paid for five years to do absolutely nothing instead of going through all the hell he would have had to go through trying to turn around Arizona. So if you, if, And I'm wondering this morning on the air, what's the godfather offer? that Harbaugh just simply cannot refuse. How high are we going? How many years? So that if it didn't work out for him or anybody else, you would take it because even if you absolutely failed, the money that you're going to get is going to set you up to do anything you want to do, which Kings, you know, this Kingsbury, he's got that from Arizona. He can pick his own spot if somebody wants him for any you know reason down the line. In Harbaugh's case, he's 59 years old. So if he got offered a five- or six-year deal, I'll just use the term $50, $60 million, and it's all guaranteed. I mean, just think he could be a total failure winning and losing, but that's the money he's going to get for that. I think those guys, Bill, in his position with those high-profile coaching jobs, especially collegiately, with the pressure that's on these guys anymore because of those salaries, I think they're looking long and hard at the quality of life they have and have to decide at their ages, is it worth it staying where I am, even if I like my team, or am I just simply better off because the pressure and the lifestyle might be a little different in the NFL? I, I think for not only Harbaugh, but for anybody else, especially if you're a college coach being courted. And what? He's probably the only one isn't he? Yeah, I think he's the only college name you hear out there right now. Really, him, Sean Payton, I think they're waiting to see where, if Harbaugh leaves, where Payton goes, and then that kind of sets the hiring process in place. Uh, moving on quickly, i got a couple minutes. want to get your thoughts on Michigan State, Wisconsin, Big Ten hoops tonight in Madison. Well, this is a brutally difficult year for me to try to figure out Big Ten basketball because the moment somebody plays well, then you think they're moving up and then they get beat on the road or they lose an incredible game you kind of imagine and you can just about list every single Big Ten team. Now, Michigan State has got nine road games left and seven at home. So they've only played one road game, and that was tough at Penn State. They, they won it by a couple of points. Every time they go to Wisconsin, it's 62-58 to 58 or 60-57, to 57, one way or the other. I kind of like State tonight because I'm not completely sold on Wisconsin, and I think this kid Wall, their top scorer, he's been injured. He missed Saturday. Izzo thinks he's going to play tonight, but I'll believe that when I see it. And even if he does, how effective is he? I think Michigan State clearly has to shoot better and play better than what it did offensively against Michigan, but maybe it, it will simply because you can't play much worse even in winning that game. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. It's going to go right to the wire. If I had a hunch, I'd probably hunch that Michigan State will pull the thing out. Timmy, always good to hear your voice. Happy New Year. Look forward to our next conversation. All right. Love the show. Stay in touch. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you soon. And Tim Stout checking in on the Meyer guest line. Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with Michigan State University. Our Bud Light huge question of the day. Back to Harbaugh Watch 2023. Will he stay or will he go? Pretty simple. 
Answer that at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. Social network interaction presented by the Denver Nuggets G League basketball team, the Grand Rapids Gold. They play home games at Van Andel Arena in downtown Grand Rapids, and they're home tonight against Denzel Valentine in Maine in G League action with the Grand Rapids Gold. And Tuesday nights mean buy one ticket, get one free. Get your tickets at the Van Andel Arena box office and Ticketmaster.com and follow the Grand Rapids Gold on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. We play for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Have you been to a Grand Rapids Gold basketball game yet inside Van Andel Arena? They're the Denver Nuggets G League team, and they feature talent from Kentucky, Baylor, Stanford, Duke, and more. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com or the Van Andel Arena box office. And don't forget their home game specials. Tuesdays, two-for-one tickets. Thursdays, $2 beers and $2 dogs. And the Sunday Family 4-Pack. Get four tickets and a $20 concession voucher for only 50 bucks. Get your Grand Rapids Gold tickets now. The Ultimate Fishing Show, Detroit, January 12th through 15th. At the Suburban Collection Showplace with over seven acres of the newest fishing tackle. Fishing boats and fishing trips. Take it from fishing pro Mark Zona. This is the largest pure fishing show in the country. It's the Fishing Boat Show. Buy from dealers who know how to rig them right. Shop fishing tackle only available once a year. Seminars on five stages. Meet guides and lodge owners. The Ultimate Fishing Show, Detroit, January 12th through the 15th. At the Suburban Collection Showplace. It's Christmas for fishermen. Huge here with a reminder that I'll be live this Friday, 3 until 6, statewide, from the Ultimate Fishing Show Detroit inside Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi on the east side of the state. This is the biggest fishing show in America. Over four football fields of fishing tackle, fishing trips, fishing boats, and also it features like Ultimate, a huge indoor lake, on-the-water seminars daily. Look for the huge show live at the Ultimate Fishing Show Detroit this Friday, statewide. Three until six. Whether it's jackpots or colors of the rainbow, seven's a special number. At Meyer, it's no different. Get more for your money with seven for seven dollars. No luck required. Mix or match specially marked items. Buy seven or more and get each for only a dollar. From Meyer instant oatmeal and Meyer pasta sauce to Meyer facial tissue, there's so many ways to seven for seven dollars. Plus, California sweet seedless mandarins just two ninety nine for a three pound bag. And shop the same low Meyer prices in store and online. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network.
Dude Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. I just saw the tweet from Andrell Anthony, the former Michigan wide receiver. He has transferred to the University of Oklahoma. So let me get this straight. That Oklahoma wants him, but Michigan can't find a way to utilize his speed and athleticism. I'll say this, even with the last two years, I don't think Michigan maximizes their talent at wide receiver or at quarterback. J.J. McCarthy needs to run more. They did against Ohio State, right? Look at Johnson, the two long bombs. Yeah, so Andrew Anthony transfers to Oklahoma. That transfer portal's crazy. And it hurts high school football recruiting for kids coming in because they're going to go then to lower-level schools, and then they're going to hit the transfer portal, and the lower-level schools become minor league college football teams for the big boys. It's about the money, man. Plain and simple, all about the money. Show me the money, honey. Time to check in on what's on tap at all the brands, Steakhouse and Grills. You can watch Michigan State, Wisconsin tonight at 7 p.m. on all the TVs at all brands locations. You'll find the brands in Bay City, brands in Caledonia, just south of Grand Rapids, brands in Holland, Johnny Brands in Granville, also a Johnny Brands location on Leonard right off of US 131 in downtown GR. And Mike Brand Sr. has the brands in Cascade just east of Grand Rapids. You can't make it out for Michigan State and Wisconsin tonight. You can order up your brand's favorites for pickup or delivery. Just go to brands.com. That's brands.com. And if you're thinking about getting out, happy hour twice a day at all brands' locations and watch the Spartans and the Badgers tonight at 7. And that's what's on tap at all the brands' steakhouse and grills. 24-7, everything you need with the show is at thehugeshow.net. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to Soaring Eagle Casino. Casino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. We are back live across Michigan, the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show heard on 19 stations weekdays, 3 until 6 for the one close to you. Go to thehugeshow.net. You can also listen on the iHeart app. Just search The Huge Show on the iHeart app and listen live wherever there's mobile service. And our free stream is there 3 until 6 if you're out of range from one of our local stations. 
Just before we came back, I saw the highlight again of former Lion Quandre Diggs intercepting Baker Mayfield in overtime in that Seattle game. I think it was Van Jefferson, the receiver, was wide open by a mile, and Baker couldn't get it to him. I still think, okay, if the Lions had a playoff spot on the line, is the play calling and game different on the Lions side? We'll never know. They finished strong, which was a beautiful thing. Nine and eight. Yeah, but I'm watching that play. There it is again. Oh, a former Lion. Yeah, Quinn and Patricia didn't think Slayer digs. Could you imagine those two in the Lions secondary? I'll tell you what, if they had those two in the Lions secondary, they'd probably win the NFC North this year. Seriously. If they have Quandre digs at safety and Slay as a shutdown corner, they win the NFC North this year. So that kind of tells you where they need to go. I think, you know, shutdown corner with pick six or 18, an edge linebacker who can get after the quarterback and second round best safety available. I wouldn't be against a safety and a corner in round one. I'm not on the QB train right now. I don't care about a quarterback they have to groom and you hope he works out. He won't be ready to be the backup. Give me an experienced backup. The Lions are built to win right now. No more projects. Don't waste 6 or 18 on a quarterback. You want to draft a third rounder? Hope you hit something? I'm cool with that. But those two second rounders and those two first rounders, I think, are maybe a running back with three defensive players or maybe a running back and a backup right guard with the two defensive players in that first round. Still a long ways to go before the 2023 draft. Inside this hour, conversation on TCU getting just mauled by the dogs of Georgia. Brian Kelly said, you know what? I watched Georgia and I love Savannah in the summer sweltering heat. And I just asked Mama Kelly for a big old jug of Mama Kelly sweet tea. I'm LSU and we did to Purdue what Georgia did to TCU. And you notice something? They both end with the U sound. Purdue TCU. <laughs> Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion, offensive lineman at Michigan. Also co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast. You can hear weekly at thewolverine.com. He'll join us, Jim Comperoni, SpartanMeg.com. In about 20 minutes on Izzo and the Spartans in Madison tonight, taking on whiskey in Big Ten Hoops action. We also have our Bud Light huge question of the day. Is Harbaugh staying or leaving? Last Thursday, I thought, okay, he's staying. Then yesterday, I start to hedge. I think he's leaving. He does the Denver Broncos virtual interview. Anthony Broom, I retweeted that story from the Wolverine.com. That's up at Huge Show on Twitter, the Huge Show on Facebook. I'm asking you, the audience. You tell me, Harbaugh, staying or leaving? 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, the HUGE Show on Facebook, all of our social network interaction, 
presented by the Denver Nuggets G League basketball team, the Grand Rapids Gold. They're at home tonight in downtown Grand Rapids inside Van Andel Arena against Denzel Valentine, the former Michigan State star in Maine's G League team. Buy one ticket, get one free every Tuesday home game. Get your tickets now. Buy one, get one free. Van Andel Arena box office, Ticketmaster.com. Game tips off tonight, a little after 7 p.m. in downtown GR. And follow the Grand Rapids Gold on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let's go talk to Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion at Michigan, late 80s, early 90s, co-host of the Michigan Football Podcast at TheWolverine.com and Skeen, I don't know about you, but when I was watching that game last night and you look back at Michigan's second half of offense, they should have put up 60 themselves against TCU, it, it, maybe more. And I, I doubt they would have dominated uh, TCU defensively like Georgia did last night, but it's still tough to watch TCU and say that team beat Michigan. That's difficult, it, it, and it'll forever be a, a cemented difficult memory how this season ended, Bill. That uh, we look back in that game and we think of all the missed things that Michigan did in that game that we hadn't done all year, and, and a lot of negative things, obviously with the turnovers and the goofy play calling and critical moments, and some of the personnel decisions with who was going to be touching that football. And it's just like it, I just look back at it and I go, man, what a meltdown! What an absolute collapse of a team that got taken out of its game and put into a game it wasn't familiar with, and it was just flat-out ugly. And then, yeah, what happened last night is he puts, I think, puts a little terrible frosting on this terrible cake of ours as Michigan fans that that team somehow absolutely ran up and down the field on us. And, and you know, I think we probably would have given Georgia a better game than what TCU did. And I've been looking at the Ohio State Twitter, and their fans are going, are you kidding me? We just make that field goal against Georgia. I don't know if they beat TCU 65-7, to but they probably win, you know, 44-28, and the Buckeyes are telling themselves we should have been national champs. That's crazy. Yeah, I, and I think that's a fair thing for Buckeye fans to say. Uh, it's just, you know. You know, it, it, but then it clicks back, Bill. Doesn't it click back to the same old cliche? It's why you play the game, right? Any team on any one day, and you got to show up and you got to execute. And, and Michigan didn't, and and in that one game, the Buckeyes just came up a little bit short against Georgia. And what ifs? You know, I think every team that that fell short of winning at all can all say that. You know, if we just had done this, if we just had done that. You know, it'd be so doggone close. I was for Lions fans. Boy, if we could, if we just could have won that one other game, you know, we'd be in the playoffs right now. But you didn't, and so it is what it is. Doug Skeen, former Michigan offensive lineman, five Big Ten championship rings, checking in on the Meyer guest line. Uh, Harbaugh watch is back. I know we talked a week ago, and you know, I hey, you got to listen. But at some point, off of what Harbaugh said after the Vikings thing became a fiasco. At the end, and he said it wouldn't be a recurring theme. It is. I understand NIL, the transfer portal. Andrew Anthony, uh, Oklahoma just signed him. I'm thinking, okay, Oklahoma will take him in. But Michigan couldn't find a place for him to throw the ball to, being friends with J.J. I, uh, you know what? We'll get to Harbaugh in a minute. But Andrew Anthony, there had to be something personal there because the guy's talent, his connection to J.J., to now have him in Oklahoma, it's not like I looked at Michigan's wide receivers and said, you know what, there's no room for Andrew. 
Yeah, that one's an interesting one, um, Bill. Obviously, Andrew had the huge game against Michigan State a couple years ago up in East Lansing, and, and we thought, here's the next superstar wide receiver from Michigan. And then as we watched him play this year, and he played a lot of football this year, had a hard time getting open, had a hard time catching the ball when it was hitting him in the hands at times, had a hard time you know, getting that, that rebound percentage up where it needs to be on the jump balls, and just not executing in the most critical of moments. And so you start wondering, oh, what's going on here? Why is this guy not coming along? Is, is it a coaching thing? And then you go, okay, well, what about the, West, the rest of the wide receiver group? Are they, are they making plays? Are they developing? Are they getting better? And I don't, I don't know. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot we don't know, right? We don't know about the personal thing, what's, whatever's going on inside the building. I have no idea. Um, it is disappointing when a young, talented guy leaves because I thought he was going to be the next star on the edge of the offense. And for some reason, his game didn't pick up. His game did not accelerate in this last season like it probably should have. And did, did he feel like he just needed a reset? Is there some beef with his position coach? I have no idea. But whatever whatever it is doesn't matter because the kid left. And I think he's a, he's another example of the greater situation that is college football that players and coaches, going back to the hardball point, these are all one-year deals, right? Imagine everybody just signs up for one-year commitments for whatever school you're at, and that kind of feels how this is. Because a year ago, we would have never thought Andrew Anthony was going to leave and show up at Oklahoma. Why would he ever do that? Look, he's a young, young developing star on the Michigan team, and all of a sudden, a year later, he's gone. And then, you know, next year, who knows who it's going to be because it's so fluid in college sports, and I think that's why players and coaches now look at this as a one-year commitment. One thing I will say, uh, looking at Michigan's wide receivers, even over these last two years, and it's tough to dissect a team that has won back-to-back Big Ten titles that went undefeated this year. Their first loss was against TCU in a game they gave away. Uh, They've beaten Ohio State twice. They drilled them, but again, they went deep to their wide receiver, Johnson, twice, which was big and changed the game. Uh, So I look at that. Uh, but I, I, I felt the passing game, and I, I said this even during the TCU-Michigan game. I would love to have Michigan, instead of a bubble screen or a quick screen out in the flat, to have a slant, to have drag routes or crossing routes where guys get the ball on a short throw, but they use their athleticism to make that a big play or take it to the house. I'm talking on the Michigan side and their wide receivers. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the next step for this Michigan offense under this staff and, and Jim's leadership here. Obviously, we know how to run the football, and we can play action off of that, and you can do some read zone stuff, and J.J. probably should have kept the ball a few more times than he, than he did looking back in that TCU game specifically, although he did run around and make some plays for us. But I think the next progression is expanded and more, more of a threat out of the pocket, out of the rollouts, J.J.'s really good running, running with that football and delivering a very catchable football. But it just felt like the passing game in this last season was definitely an afterthought as a, as a distant complement to the power running game that we are and that we were. And I think you're right, Bill. I think for Michigan, you know, it, it, you can't expect to go through 15 games to win it all and, and think you're never going to get taken out of your game. And that finally happened to us a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago against TCU, we got taken out of our game and we weren't afforded the luxury to play our style. 
And when we had to play another style, it looked pretty pretty hectic, and it wasn't fluid, and it wasn't comfortable. And Michigan's going to have to find a way to expand a little bit. Part of that is you got to have the players. You know that that kid from TCU, uh, that that NFL wideout of theirs that ran that sixty yarder there in the second half. We, we need a guy like that on the edge of our offense to come along. That's a big, strong, imposing player. And and I thought that's what Andrew Anthony was going to develop into with the weight training and, and getting bigger and stronger and, and other guys. So schematics are one thing, but you've got to have the players to do it. We clearly have the quarterback, but I think we need more guys on the edge of this offense to step up. Now, from what I've told and what Ballas has told me, there's some good young receivers, big, strong guys, and we just hope to see them show up and show up in a big way next year. Well, one thing you saw last night early in the game, and Herb Street was talking about it with Fowler on – the ESPN ABC broadcast that TCU really likes to overcommit, which they did against Michigan to stuff the run uh, as much as they could and get after um, McCarthy. And McCarthy, if you remember in the TCU game, there were times when you said, pull that ball and, and there's nothing but 40 yards of grass between him and the end zone. And, and they did, they, they started to do that in the third quarter when they were desperate and they needed to get something going because it was win or go home against TCU. There wasn't another game on the schedule. And I'll, I'll just say this after watching Duggan, after watching uh, the good teams play, including Stetson Bennett running the football last night, uh, that Herb Street said uh, the way they ran the quarterback. Uh, early. Uh, I'm telling you, they looked at the second half and said what Michigan was doing, we can do better. We even have more athletes. And Bennett ran. And I'm like, okay, you're down to the goal line twice. You're Michigan. And you're not letting the ball be in the hands of your your best runner in terms of being able to play action, being able to, you know, run pass option, read, whatever you want to call it. And we never saw McCarthy, who's, I believe, faster than Max Duggan, faster than Stetson Bennett, and he never ran. And then when he did start running the third-quarter skein, it kick-started the whole offense. So I believe this, in how many years he's left at Michigan, that McCarthy design run plays need to happen more. For Michigan to beat the big boys and the quality teams on their schedule, he has to be, as you just mentioned, Douglas, more of a threat to run. Well, I think I think you're right on that point, Bill, and I think definitely there's a couple read option and plays in that TCU game where he he should have he should have pulled that ball and, and easily gotten first downs or more. But even before then, we can dissect the, you know the two plays that stand out obviously or, or the fumble after the the replay that overturned the touchdown, and then on the first possession, the goofy you know tight end reverse you know play to try to throw it. That was that was a mess. Before those two plays, or I'm sorry, before that, that, that reverse play in the opening possession, we had the first down, and somehow you know the best offensive line in America couldn't push the TCU front back and get into the end zone. And that was the case a few other times. That offensive line did not meet its own expectations in that game. That can't happen. They've got to be better than that because obviously Jim and Coach Moore and Coach Hart and the rest of the offensive staff – they know they got the best offensive line in America. Why wouldn't they think we could just hand it off and jam people in there against a TCU front and a three-three-five? They should have been able to do that, but we didn't. But then, when the when the alternative plays were called, that's when I think your point comes into play. If Michigan's going to not be able to do the things that we should do, then let's put it in the hands of our best player with the ball in his hands, and that was McCarthy. 
throwing, keeping, making things up on the run, because he's pretty good at that stuff. Although it makes our heart flutter when he runs around and he starts making stuff up, and sometimes it does kill us. But he's got a talent to be able to do that, and he's going to have to do it more for this team to get back to where it was a week ago. Well, remember his wheels and his ability to get away from the pressure is what got them you know, inside the, what was it, the two-yard line on that one scramble early in the game. Yeah, and then they got it together. Their second half uh, offensive game plan was fine. McCarthy ends up with 343. They put 45 on the board, 39 in the second half. If you would tell me that Michigan would score 39 in the second half against TCU, I would have said they blew them out. So, and Ballas mentioned this earlier on the show, because we are talking about TCU-Georgia comparing the game to Michigan-TCU, Doug, that... Uh, one thing that's been overlooked, you just brought up the offensive line and the defensive line, and we talked about it the Monday after the TCU game, that outside of Mozzie Smith and that strip fumble, it's tough to remember a play that a Michigan defensive lineman made that entire game against TCU. And it always comes back to that, doesn't it, Bill? And, and we can dissect losses or struggles, and, and you can always turn the game on and watch the film, and you tell me how we do. I'm third down, short, and third down, short yardage. Inside the 10-yard line, inside the 5-yard line, how did our offensive line perform in those moments? How did our defensive line perform on key third downs? First down, tackle for losses. It, it adds up pretty fast if you go back and you watch things. And if you don't have a good day on the offense and defensive fronts, you're going to have to make it up in other ways. And that's, again, Michigan got out of its comfortable game and the results were painful to watch. But you're absolutely right. You score all those points and you still lose the game, there's something wrong defensively. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, late 80s, early 90s at the University of Michigan, does a stellar job as co-host of the Michigan Football Podcast. Now you can hear the Wolverine talk commies joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. Before I let you go, uh, Harbaugh Watch continues uh, for another week. Reportedly had a two-hour virtual interview with the Broncos Late last week, Thursday, I'm like, no, he's staying. He you know, sends out the quote from Bo, those who stay will be champions. And then the NCAA garbage about buying someone a burger. And here we are now at the quasi-virtual interview stage. Like I asked the audience today, is he staying or leaving? Our Bud Light huge question of the day, what do you think from a week ago? Has anything changed? I think ultimately he's probably going to stay, even though he's probably sniffing around the NFL as much as he can because my my feeling has not changed, Bill. I think any coach, uh, Jim Harbaugh or Ryan Day or any talented college coach, the playing field is not level in college sports right now. With the NIL and the transfer money and the tampering, with just outright tampering with other rosters, with kids that are not in the transfer portal, with someone calling someone's uncle and offering $3 million bucks to put your name in the portal and come to my school, all of that stuff is going on. No one's naming names in America. The coaches won't do that to each other because of the old brotherhood that, that exists in college sports. Um, and I, th- I just think for good coaches like Jim that have proven things, I think I'd be looking for the stability too. So if he leaves, it wouldn't surprise me. But I, on a, from a football point of view, does Jim Harbaugh's offense, since he's been at Michigan, relate to the NFL, which is a seven-on-seven league? You talk about developed passing attacks. Well, Michigan's offense in the last couple of years really hasn't demonstrated that to be an NFL-style passing attack. And if I'm an owner or a general manager, I'm not sure the X's and O's are where they need to be for me to pull the trigger on Jim Harbaugh to run my team. 
So I think that may hurt him a little bit. If you if you're asking me for a final decision, I think Jim returns to Michigan next year. He's probably going to get in trouble in some way, shape, or form because of this ridiculous NCAA stuff with this hamburger. And yet, you know, we'll see what happens. I think again. Everything's a one-year deal, Bill. I just think that you know, a year from now, if Jim has another good season and Michigan's back where they want to be, there'll be NFL teams sniffing around once again. Yeah, and and the way his – I go back to his statement, I think it was Thursday last week, where teams interested in Harbaugh assistant coaches, other schools interested in Michigan players, Harbaugh almost looks at this as – Great publicity for the school. That's kind of a, a vibe from me reading everything over the weekend where he sees this as publicity for Michigan, not a negative. Well, that's definitely, there's some validity to that. So I think, you know, I read that statement that he put out that it's a compliment to the program that the NFL and, and other schools and other teams are interested in these players and these coaches. But it doesn't it doesn't dismiss the fact that the rules and the lack of rules allow for these players just to click a button on their computer and hit the transfer portal and be gone and get paid. And and if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I never knew about it, right? That's that's what's going on. And I'm not specifically saying any young man in Michigan has done this, but I've, I've read enough stories in the sports world recently that I know this is going on. The guys are getting phone calls or their their handlers or their moms and dads or uncles are just getting these offers and, and they're not in the transfer portal, but you know, the next day they are because they just got a three million dollar offer from school X. And so that's the part that I think is gonna continue to keep coaches like Jim Harbaugh going, you know what? Man, if I if I don't have any contractual control over my roster, then I'm going to go find somewhere that I will have control over it and I at least have a level playing field against all my opponents. Uh, interesting ending note here from what you said about modernizing the offense if he's going to go to the NFL. Michigan's passing offense this year, D1 football, 2022, 79th in the country. 79th. Yeah. And Michigan State was at 54. The point is you could run the football all year long, and you did throw the ball in the second half against Ohio State, and you did the same thing in the second half against Penn State, which were your – uh, two quality games, but that 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 says something about you know when you look at Michigan that if someone takes away your run, which Sonny Dyke said uh, the week before, all week long before the Michigan game, if we make them one dimensional and take away the run, we can beat them. And what happened? Right. That's that's exactly what happened. And so, how does that translate to Jim and the NFL? I think that's a question mark for any general manager or owner to ask. And that may be a limitation. And I think it's a fair limitation. So, and then as it relates to Jim returning to Michigan next year, clearly that has to be fixed. You got, you got to, you got to dramatically improve that 79 uh, by several, several uh, digits to get up near the top. If you want to be able to win, win it all in the, in college football to get over the top and, and have both weapons to run and throw if someone makes you one-dimensional. And by the way, speaking of balance, Georgia, your back-to-back national champion, 14 in passing yards this year, 13 in rushing yards. Michigan was seventh in rushing yards this season, obviously with the Corum-Edwards duo, but 79th in passing. So you can look right at the numbers, and Kirby Smart and their design, they are balanced, and they're top 15, one of the few teams uh, in both categories in college football, and that's why they're the national champions again. 
Yep, and and Bill, that's the statistics don't lie, do they? It makes perfect sense. So you've got to have options in any one game. If someone's going to commit to take something away from you, like TCU did against us and did it very well, they were very well prepared. We weren't ready for playing off of that, throwing it at the blitzes, getting rid of the football, understanding things, because we never really had to out throughout the course of the year. Except for that Ohio State game, they did the same thing, but we found a way to connect. We just didn't find a way to connect in those key moments against TCU. And by the way, Ohio State was 12th in the country, and you go back to the Ohio State domination, and really what changed the game in my mind uh, weren't the two long runs by Donovan Edwards, the two long deep throws by J.J. McCarthy. Those were the game changers to me. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think there's any question they were. And then the Ohio State defensive staff thought, well, those two must have been flukes because in the second half they, they stayed with it. They stayed with a run-heavy defense. And then eventually they, that front got wore down and there was no one on the back end to make a key tackle because they were out of position running, running a certain style of defense that allowed Edwards to run free. And so, you know, again, I guess it just goes to show defensively you can't be one-dimensional either. You have to be able to be effective at playing high-end football with both categories of offense. If you don't, sooner or later you're going to have a serious problem. And that's what Michigan had against TCU. And by the way, Ohio State, number 12 in passing this year in college football, number 27 in rushing. So what Skeen said, I agree, uh, that there has to be more of a dynamic passing game to go with more of J.J. McCarthy running. Because if you're going to play that – here, here's, here's what I'm uh, – if I'm Jim Harbaugh and I – I win the Big Ten title against Purdue off the Ohio State victory. I have that three weeks near a month to prepare. Uh, he's thinking, and I'm telling you right now, uh, this is what, uh, again, I have no, no inside source. He was thinking he's going to pound the ball on TCU, who was like 150th in rushing defense. They weren't going to have to show a lot, and they were going to unleash all of their deep throws and passing game against Georgia, but instead they had to do it at halftime against TCU. <laughs> That's a decent theory, Bill. <laughs> I like conspiracy <laughs> theories, Doug. You know me. Like, I don't believe Ballas. Ballas has juice golf balls, juice clubs. There's no way him and Superfly could play that well at Tullymore. No way they could beat us, Doug. Well, no, they did. They did. Right. Any any given day, oh, you get beat by Ballas and Superfly. It happened, oh. so, you know. But but Bill, it's your point's absolutely valid. And again, I think it I think it points to the fact that, and and also the reality, you, you can't reinvent your football team in one break between two games. That's why you have to have a more of a developed passing offense along the way. Which you know, I going back and looking at this season, one of the questions you and I asked, and, other, and others in sports media asked the same thing. When are they going to let J.J. loose? When are they going to let this kid sling it around? And they, it kind of felt like they had you know shackles on him a little bit throughout the course of the year. But, hey, it worked up until the moment that it didn't. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, and then, and all of a sudden we've got a problem on our hands. I think there's no doubt that Michigan's got to find a way to take more advantage of what this kid offers with his arm, with his legs, with someone else on that edge. You've got two wide receivers and a slot guy and, and a young, t- nice young tight end, but Someone's got to step up in, 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 in a big way on the edge of that offense to give him options. And, hey, relying on your tight ends and running backs got you another Big Ten championship, another trip to the Final Four. But if you want to win the national title, I think they need more of a dynamic passing offense. I agree with you. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion, offensive lineman, late 80s, early 90s, co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast. You can hear 
at thewolverine.com. Happy New Year, my friend. We'll talk soon. Absolutely, Bill. Go Blue. All right, Doug Skeen, fantastic conversation. If you're just joining us and missed it, it will be up later on our podcast. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. It's time to go on the court with Tim Stout. It's a new day to celebrate and be free. It's a new day full of action and excitement because it's a day for winning. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort, it's a new day. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com. Now that the Michigan game, at least in East Lansing, is behind the Michigan State Spartans, the basketball schedule ramps up. Tuesday night at Wisconsin, Friday night late at Illinois, before a Martin Luther King matinee next Monday in the Breslin Center against number one ranked Purdue. How will Michigan State Fair. The Spartans are pleased with the quality of their play against Michigan. Nonetheless, it was a win to get to three and one in Big Ten play, and the Spartans improved to eleven and five overall. AJ Hogarth has been the key player so far. Most would assess who's got Michigan State going with offensive thrust for most of the time when the Spartans needed. They needed it against Michigan to go ahead and win by a few points. What about now on the road? Fish on the Ultimate Fishing Show, Detroit, January twelfth through fifteenth at the Suburban Collection Showplace with over seven acres of the newest fishing tackle. Fishing boats and fishing trips. Take it from fishing pro Mark Zona. This is the largest pure fishing show in the country. It's the Fishing Boat Show. Buy from dealers who know how to rig them right. Shop fishing tackle only available once a year. Seminars on five stages. Meet guides and lodge owners. The Ultimate Fishing Show Detroit, January 12th through the 15th at the Suburban Collection Showplace. It's Christmas for fishermen. Huge here with a reminder that I'll be live this Friday, 3 until 6, statewide from the Ultimate Fishing Fishing Show Detroit inside Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi on the east side of the state. This is the biggest fishing show in America. Over four football fields of fishing tackle, fishing trips, fishing boats, and also it features like Ultimate, a huge indoor lake, on the water seminars daily. Look for the huge show live at the Ultimate Fishing Show Detroit this Friday, statewide, three until six. Are you ready? The toughest sport on dirt is back for an all-new 2023 season. Join the party and come watch the Cowboys of the PBR Tractor Supply Company Classic ride the rankest bulls on the planet live at Van Andel Arena, January 27th and 28th. Tickets on sale now at PBR.com or Ticketmaster.com. The PBR Tractor Supply Company Classic at Van Andel Arena, January 27th and 28th. Hey, Michigan, let's go big. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app, Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your first two deposits for up to $1,500 plus 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. To the huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Pride and joy of the Hayes Ranch in Rockford, just north of Grand Rapids. Jim Comperoni, SpartanMeg.com, now part of the On3.com team. 
We'll get his thoughts on Michigan State and Wisconsin. Big Ten basketball tips off a little after 7. Michigan time. Cross Lake, Michigan in Madison. Broadcast reminder on Friday, 3 until 6. I'm live from the Ultimate Fishing Show Detroit. One of the biggest fishing shows in America. They open up on Thursday. They run through Sunday. I'll be there live Friday, 3 until 6 at the Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi at the Ultimate Fishing Show Detroit. If you're going, stop by and say hello on Friday between 3 and 6. Let's go talk to Jim Comperoni, SpartanMag.com. As I mentioned, now part of the On3.com network. Get his thoughts on Izzo and the Spartans taking on the Badgers tonight over in Wisconsin. He's standing by in the Meyer guest line. How you doing, Comp? Hey, Bill, doing great. Thank you. All right, Michigan State off an impressive win over Michigan. Uh, what about this matchup tonight with Wisconsin? Yeah, impressive in, in a lot of ways against Michigan. Uh, the way Michigan State cut, what, the way they screened, rebounding was pretty good. Defense was really good. Uh, they created good shots for themselves, but as everybody knows, Michigan State did not hit shots well on that day for whatever reason. Some credit to Michigan's defense, but in a lot of occasions, Michigan State got good open shots. Maybe the the uh, you know being ramped up about the rivalry affected both teams in that one. I'm not sure. But anyway, it was encouraging if you're a Michigan State fan how well Michigan State got into their offense and created good shots. If they want to make a run at uh, contending for the Big Ten Championship, of course, you need to shoot better than that. And I think they will. Over the course of time, they went into the Michigan game fourth in the Big Ten in three-point shooting accuracy at 37.5%. That is good, and I think it will improve as Jaden Akins gets healthy and Malik Hall becomes more acclimated. Today, you know, Wisconsin, uh, they were one of the surprise teams early in the season. Tyler Wall was became injured and uh, missed the game against Illinois over the weekend. No one knows whether he's going to play or not outside of the Wisconsin basketball team. He's 6'9", 215, versatile player. Izzo and Michigan State is preparing as if Tyler Wall will be playing. If Tyler Wall is playing and he's good and Wisconsin's at home, this one will probably go right down to the wire, even if Michigan State plays well. It could be a good Big Ten game tonight. Uh, Izzo seems comfortable. I talked to Matt Charbonneau from the Detroit News earlier, Comp, and he just has, uh, you know what, the team's rounding uh, up together as uh, he likes them. They're getting healthy. Uh, the Big Ten doesn't look as tough as it did a month ago. Your thoughts on uh, the state of Izzo looking at this Michigan State team going into Whiskey tonight? I think he's curious. I think he's curious to see how good this team can be, how well they can come along as Malik Hall becomes more healthy and Jaden Akins becomes more healthy. We're seeing A.J. Hogard develop into an all-Big Ten type of point guard and all you know a do-it-all type of point guard, starting to hit some medium-range shots. Tough defender, defensive stopper that can guard – Excellent small point guards all the way up to, you know, he, he was the primary defender on Jet Howard. did real well with him. You know, last year against Ivy, against Purdue, that's when Hogard really started coming around as a, as a strong defensive player. And he should be a strong defensive player. He has relatively quick feet. He's 6'4", he's strong, he's smart. So he's a valuable guy right now. You get Jay Nakins. He played really good defense against Bufkin on Saturday. They've been waiting for his defense to come around. He's shooting well. Now let's see if he can do some things in transition, finish in transition, um, hit three-pointers in transition the way the system dictates. So if you get some of those components going, get Matty Sissoko playing well again. He's playing good defense, ball screen defense, which is the most important thing for a center, first of all. You know, early in the season, he was pretty good at finishing around the rim. Did not finish well on his role uh, you know, screen roll action against Michigan. Now, 
part of that's because Michigan will speed you up because Dickinson can cover so much airspace. So I think that was new for Sissoko. He needs to adapt to that and start playing well consistently against good competition. All those things happen, and I think Michigan State can rise up and potentially become the second-best team in the Big Ten and maybe make a run at things. Uh, The problem this week, Bill, for Michigan State, uh, you're playing five games in six days. I'm sorry, three games in six days. Finishing with Purdue at home, um, not ideal situation in terms of three games in six days against Purdue. You are getting them at home. That's going to be interesting if Michigan State can get through these next two at Wisconsin, at Illinois. To answer your question, I think Izzo is bullish on this team. I think he's encouraged. But as always, they're one injury away from some of the wheels going flat with such a small lineup. Short lineup. Yeah, Jim Comperoni, SpartanMeg.com. Follow everything Michigan State basketball, football, and all uh, Spartan athletics at SpartanMeg.com. Now part of the On3.com team. Comp, enjoy the game. We'll get your thoughts on it tomorrow. Sounds great, Bill. I appreciate it. Have a great night. All right, Jim Comperoni checking in on the Meyer guest sign. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with Michigan State University Athletics. Tuesdays are presented by the incredible Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. In Mount Pleasant, Michigan, book your getaway today and also get updates on all the great indoor shows. They got the indoor concert series during the colder weather, the outdoor concert series during the summer. A great lineup. Check out all the shows, promotions, giveaways, and more and book that getaway at SoarinEagleCasino.com and download the Eagle Access app. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle and having a winter blast with up to $25,000. Every Saturday in January from 7 to 10 p.m., you can win $1,500 in premium play. Then, at 11 p.m. each week, one lucky player takes home $25,000 cash. That's $160,000 all month long. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete news and details. Bill Simonson here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach. Now, he's a managing partner at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in downtown Grand Rapids. They now have merged with Dorn Mayhew from the east side of the state, and they're stronger than ever before in the state of Michigan, the Midwest, and coast-to-coast when it comes to your accounting and business needs. Find out more at BeanCarter.com. That's B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-R.com. Also, Tom has stepped up with $1,500 in cash in the Beat Huge Pro Football Picks Contest. Now, if you beat my picks just one week, you'll be in the drawing at the end of the pro football season for $1,500 in cash from Tom Rosenbach and Bean Garter. Thursday night game is always a freebie. You have until Sunday morning to play every week through the big game. You can play once or play every week. Do what you want to, but get your picks in now at thehugeshow.net. The best vacations are RV vacations. Let's go somewhere. The Grand Rapids Camper Travel and RV Show at DeVos Place is back. It's the biggest RV show in the state with the best RV deals. See over 300 RVs, luxurious motorhomes, fifth wheels, travel trailers, and ultralights, RV accessories and services, hundreds of camping destinations, Alaska RV and seminars, and more. That's January 12th through 15, DeVos Place. Buy your tickets at GrandRapidsRVShow.com. Huge 
here reminding everybody across Michigan to check out the biggest RV show in the state this weekend. The Grand Rapids Camper Travel and RV Show at DeVos Place. It runs Thursday through Sunday. Get your tickets now at GrandRapidsRVShow.com. You can check out over 300 RVs on site at DeVos Place this weekend, Thursday through Sunday. It's the Grand Rapids Camper Travel and RV Show at DeVos Place in downtown GR. Get your tickets now at Grand Rapids RV show.com we might have just come out with our most refreshing Nicolope Ultra Organic Seltzer yet it's called the Essential Collection it's made with coconut water and real fruit juice so it's always going to have a real refreshing fruit taste can refreshing get any more refreshing yep it can and it just did Nicolope Ultra Organic Seltzer made with coconut water and real fruit juice for a superior taste it's only worth it if you enjoy it Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer, IRC Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Final segment on a Tuesday broadcast. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer. I wanted to deliver a final huge opinion on this story from the Wall Street Journal. The American Academy of Pediatrics recommended physicians offer weight loss drugs for children with obesity 12 and up. Yeah, how about another big money play by big pharma and health systems to increase their bottom line? about parents shut down the video games and phones and laptops and have your kids go outside and play or join a team i get some of you don't like sports but get them involved in something physical marching band i don't care when is america going to wake up you're getting doctors and politicians telling you that your kids should wear this at school or not wear this or do this or test for this. And now they want to give obesity drugs to 12 and up. That's big pharma paying off the medical community and politicians. That is ridiculous. And also, have you ever seen kids who were chubby when they're little and then they're 15 or 16 in high school? You, Superfly. But you want to drug the kids at 12? Show me the stats of obesity killing our children. Show me that stat, please. God, we learned a lot during the pandemic about politicians, big pharma, and medicine making a lot of money off of us. But to read this, and I read it earlier today and I kept it till the end because I was fired up. To say you want to drug kids with obesity drugs at the age of 12, where you're singling them out, you're putting them on drugs at 12, saying they're fat. So Big Pharma can make money selling the drugs prescribed by doctors in a health system that increases their bottom line. Shame on medicine and shame on the American Pediatric Association. It's ridiculous. And Big Pharma, the way they buy off everybody. 24-7, 24-7, everything you need is at thehugeshow.net. Big. Bad. Huge.